Hello, you're on the Unhindered Podcast with Jamin. I've recorded this intro about 16 times already, because one of the rules of the game I play is no wheel spinning, and I was stuffing around with all kinds of unessential bollocks, which I've just done again now by explaining to you that I was wheel spinning, but anyway, we're away. I'm not I'm not doing it number 17, so we've started. Um, now... There's a lot of data you can froth over when you're in the podcasting game, and I tend to shy away from that because I kind of think, I mean, I don't really know what to do to improve it. So it doesn't really matter how many people are listening to this episode or not. I'd, I'd like more people to be listening to it, but I'm trying everything I know to have more people listen to it. So seeing the numbers and obsessing over them doesn't really give me any value. It's It's kind of like... You know my Garmin watch. I've I've got a new Garmin watch recently, and the amount of the amount of data I could froth over, it's ridiculous. Uh, but even my heart rate. A lot of my running friends pay pay a lot of attention to their heart rate while they're running, but I kind of think my heart's going to do what it's going to do. I'm, I'm just going to run, and uh, I run as fast as I can for as long as I can, and then I'll stop. And my heart's going to have to keep up. So seeing what it's doing, um, yeah. I'd, Good, it'd be great if it was a bit slower, um, but in order for it to be a bit slower, I'm going to have to stop running. I'm not going to stop running, so okay, it's going to do what it's going to do. Now, in saying all that, I did stumble across some analytics on my website. I was searching for something in the back end and stumbled across uh, some description of the number of downloads for the month of February, and it's it was surprising, 4,500 downloads per episode was the average across the month which is great then i heard a story from from one of my listeners this week that may have accounted for some good numbers and a boost to those numbers he was saying that often he listens to podcasts to put him to sleep so he was listening to a podcast not mine thankfully he hadn't chosen my podcast to send him to sleep uh, and then had drifted off to sleep and his phone had just continued selecting podcasts in his list and continuing to play them and then in the middle of the night he he had this very vivid dream of me being like Jesus with long hair giving a sermon on the mount and he was really moved by all that I had to say and It was so vivid and real, and then he woke up and looked at his phone and realized he was deep into one of my podcast episodes. So I appreciate that he was boosting the numbers and um, glad that I I was like Jesus to him in his dream. (laughs) Uh, Now, I've had a, a lovely couple of weeks since the last time I recorded. I have had some time in Clovelly, which is one of my favorite parts of the world and did some writing. I, I am writing a book called Midlife Motivation, How to Upgrade from Discipline to Permission. And as part of that, I, I put together an article uh, entitled Why David Goggins is Wrong About Midlife Motivation. I don't know if you're a Goggins fan or a Willink fan or even even um, Stephen Presserfield. I'm, I'm going to have a crack at some of his stuff shortly because I see Joe Rogan constantly highlighting his strategy to deal with resistance. Presserfield's most famous book is The War of Art, um, a play on the words The Art of War. That was a very popular book, but his book is The Art of War, and he talks about the resistance. What do you do with the resistance? The resistance to the creativity inside you, the resistance to the music inside you, to the words inside you. What do you do? 
Uh, and his best idea, I mean, he's a, he's a guy who has found a way to publish content and get himself out there and be quite successful about that. Uh, but his best advice to other people to do the same is to um, put your ass in the seat. It's just to do the thing you don't want to do. Um, okay, just try harder, just be better, just get it done. And Rogan gets so excited about that strategy. I'm bewildered when anyone gets excited by the try harder strategy, although it's as though no one's ever thought of that before. Oh, silly me, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, great, I'll just try harder, I'll be better, I'll just get it done. Um, It's a crazy idea, and more than a crazy idea, it's really unfair and unkind, and you run the risk of violating the fragile relationship you may already have with yourself to the point of disrepair. So there is a far better way. Uh, So check out that blog if you haven't already read it. You can find it on my website or I published it on the socials. Um, No sooner had I got home from my two days away writing and having really dived into that writing process and produced that document when I discovered that the coaching platform that I use to deliver all my core products had shat itself and uh, was no longer available to anyone. Um, I I kind of imagine whoever was running this platform, which is the one that I'd been using for almost 10 years. When I first started as a coach, I'd seen that there was an opportunity to deliver content online, which made, made me able to scale what I was doing and not have to kind of recreate the process for every separate client. I could host some videos and content and then engage clients. It was a very effective process, and so somehow I stumbled across this platform, and it's been quite effective. Uh, but I, I kind of imagined that whoever invented this platform perhaps uh, had bitten off a little bit more than they can chew and was wearing all the hats, was the support desk, was the help team, was the IT department, was the marketing department, and um, may have just run out of steam. So in my mind, there's a, a middle-aged lady smoking cigarettes uh, in her bedroom running an IT company, and she's just run out of puff. It's all over. Maybe she dropped dead. Maybe that's what happened. Uh, the bottom line is my online coaching platform vanished completely along with all my content and every client I've got all their access disappeared as well so uh, it's been an intense few days scrambling to replace that platform with something that can do similar jobs and for for credit where credit's due this one man band one woman band she developed something really good that I haven't found all the best software all the best platforms can't match the thing I liked most about the current platform so anyway I think I found a way to make it work so rest assured current clients if you're waiting sweating for me to get it online I reckon I'm close and by close I mean not really close but you know I'll say that and you might give me a bit more patience Prior to me going away writing for two days, the bride and I had a weekend away in Bathurst and then on to Hill End. Um, Firstly, the the World Cross Country Championships were held in Bathurst, New South Wales. If you didn't know that, well, now you do. And I love running and it was a chance to see the best of the best compete. So extraordinary experience. I got quite moved actually, just uh, how special it was to hear Bruce McAvaney calling the uh, elite athletes of the world, the East African runners against the Aussie best, competing on a horrifically tough 
track and uh, it was particularly hot, 35, 36 degrees, a number of people collapsed with heat exhaustion. I almost collapsed with heat exhaustion myself just from being a spectator and frothing about how excited I was to watch. Uh, but it's it's an amazing thing to see world-class athletes. And we then got to go to Hill End, which uh, Catherine had visited when she was a little girl and it had held a particularly fond place in her memories and she'd always thought of going back there and uh, taking me with her. And so I'd never even heard of the place, let alone knew anything about it. Um, turns out it was where the, the first real gold rush happened in Australia and it was world renowned. It was a very rich strike. Um, a town it swelled to 8,000 members at the height of the rush um, and there was an amazing historian there who took some extraordinary photos and just catalogued and documented the history of the town very well and all that's been preserved and so there's a lot of great history. So very fascinating. Out in the middle of nowhere, uh, a very rich gold strike. On our way out of there, we stopped at a museum on the hill on the edge of town, and uh, I've never seen anything quite like that. There was an old guy, long grey beard, walking stick, um, could tell he was a little eccentric, and he had gone to great lengths to catalogue all the best history from not only the Hill and Gold Rush, but all Australian Gold Rushes, and not only all Australian Gold Rushes, but then any memorable experiences of the expansion of Australia from colony days into um, an established nation. Um, so he'd, he'd collected a lot of stuff. And not only that, he was a world-class geologist. He'd recorded documentaries. He'd been interviewed uh, about the nature of that particular region and how and why it was so rich in oil, in, oil, in gold. And uh, it was quite amazing hearing him speak and, and watching some of his documentaries throughout the museum. And... Uh, reflecting on the the experience of being in his presence, I, I was really taken by the fact that this guy is clearly world-class at what he does. I was amazed at his collection. I was amazed at his wisdom and his knowledge. Um, but I was also very aware that he was jaded, uh, that it didn't take him long to tell some sad stories or, of injustice around why his collection hadn't ever received funding and why other people had benefited and profiteered from some of the ruins and he had not and you know he's a there's an old guy sitting out in the middle of the bush he gets the odd visitor here and then here and every now and then and doesn't make much money from what he does so uh maybe reflect on being world class and and i love gamification it's no surprise i've talked about that a bit but reflecting on the the game of winning and realizing that you don't get rewarded for for skill or talent that's not how the game is played the game isn't fair that's really important to come to terms with that just because you're good at something doesn't necessarily mean everyone gets out of your way and opens doors and there's some uh, overall equity around recognizing real talent and giving it its due reward that's not how it works. There are plenty of very talented people who don't ever get the opportunities that less talented people do. Plenty of very skillful people, people who have devoted their life to building a skill set that ended up, you know, without ever really maximizing what they were capable of or ever really leaving a mark 
or ever really solving the problems on the scale that they were capable of. So watching the world-class athletes called by the world-class Bruce McEvaney the day before and going to Hill End, which in its rights was a, a world-class gold strike and hearing the story told by a world-class geologist. And by the way, you might not know this about me, but if I wasn't a life coach, I'd be a geologist. That's that's my plan B. That's my backup plan. And this all turns pear-shaped, belly up. Um, I'm going to go look at rocks. I just am so fascinated by rocks. So, yeah. Now, thinking about Bruce, thinking about runners, thinking about historians, geologists, I consider myself world-class at what I do. This is a skill set that I have devoted an extraordinary amount of effort and energy and time to. I think I have some natural uh, talent and my personality lends itself to being good in this area. I like being good in this area, um, but I've really focused my skills. And uh, if there was a, a life coaching Olympics held somewhere in the world, let's say, um, uh, let's say Botswana hosted the World Life Coaching Championships in 2024, I'd be hopeful of of meddling. I, I think I'd be up for a gold medal, but at worst, I, I think I'd medal uh, in all the world life coaches at the moment. Um, however, there is no Olympics. Botswana aren't hosting the world championships for life coaching. That thing doesn't exist because that's not how it works. <laughs> Just because I'm good at life coaching doesn't mean I win the game. That's Missing the point entirely, that that could cause me to end up a bitter old man complaining about those who jumped the queue, those who found more success, more influence, more notoriety from what they did than I did. So help me reflect on the game. So driving home, I was considering uh, the game and I hadn't quite worked it out before I got home. And then and when I, when I got home, I experienced some really significant lower back pain. And uh, that's not very common for me. I don't have that almost at all. And so my pattern is to consider what for. Consider that first and foremost, is it a signal? I don't think I've injured myself. I'm, I haven't lifted anything heavy. I haven't tripped over. I don't feel like it's an injury. So if it's not an injury, then perhaps it's my unconscious trying to get my attention. Normally, my unconscious grabs my attention by grabbing my piriformis muscle and uh, you know stopping me running that way. But my back pain, is it a signal? So that's where I started. Uh, and I came to the conclusion very early on that, yes, in fact, it was a signal because nothing I was doing was shifting it and it was getting worse, not better. So uh, I went to the drawing board and reflected on what for, what was the point of this resistance. Now, my best thoughts around how to do that work is exactly the process I described in the Why David Goggins Has Got It Wrong About Me Life Motivation article. You've probably heard me talk about it before. It's the four conditions to be satisfied in order to gain permission from yourself to succeed. So if you're going to upgrade the relationship with yourself and work with yourself rather than against yourself, um, the four areas are going to be to rebuild trust, to end neediness, to uh, improve the quality of gameplay and to develop congruent avatars for those games. And so I uh, 
went to the drawing board. Which one of the four is it? And through a process of elimination, I discovered quite quickly that it was a, a combination. Um, a week prior, in a, a moment of self-pity and frustration, I had pla- I had complained to my wife. I now know this might be surprising to you that I was complaining, but yes, I was complaining. I was complaining to her that I was not rich and famous enough. Can, I mean, it's, yeah, a little hard to hear myself say that, but I was. And uh, in fact, I have complained to her a number of times. In fact, if I'm ever going to complain about something, that's probably the thing. It's it's just this ambition I've got to really do my best and experience success and the sense that I have what it takes and the sense that what I do is required and necessary, but then my frustration about the results that I'm getting uh, and not matching my ambition, my desire, what I think I'm capable of. And so I complain at times. So here's what I discovered. There were two main offenses to problems with that language pattern. I want to be rich and famous. The first was it it betrayed a lack of trust in my own natural ability. Sure, that's what I want, but by stating it like that and complaining about the fact that I'm not, I betrayed the fact that I do not trust my natural ability to get there. I think it's out of my reach. I think it will remain out of my reach. That it's a dream. It's not real. It's something I want and I can't have. I love the William White Cloud description that thoughts and feelings aren't real. They're just the product of the assumptions you've made that you can't have what you want. So my thoughts and feelings of frustration or sadness or disappointment were simply based on an assumption that I can't and won't have that. And that that's very unfair to myself because it's not true. Because the second problem with that is I missed the point that I actually am already rich and famous. When I zoom out and see what I have got rather than what I don't have, uh, and if I was to compare dangerous thing to do but when you zoom out you do get some context of all the people in the world trying to have a crack at uh, influence and wealth uh, I'm actually doing incredibly incredibly well I, I am already being paid for my ideas I am not paid for my time I am paid for my ideas I have people who tell me that I am their favorite personal development expert in the whole world. There might not be many of those people, but there are some people who would rate my style, my approach, my content as their favorite. Uh, Some have even described themselves as Jamin Fraser groupies. Now, that is the very definition of the thing that I think I can't have. And so my unconscious was to say to me, Jamin, do not ever complain about that again. That is dangerous that is destructive that is unfair that is unkind and you miss the point entirely you you miss so so it's a violation of trust and it's a it's a violation of gamification because it it aligns me with the bitter geologist rather than the bruce mcavaney's the stuart mcswain's the kipchoge's the the elite the people who have found a way to experience uh, success in their chosen field. So I apologized to myself for that betrayal. I apologized to my wife because I, I confuse her. She she has tied her cart to mine 
and is impacted by my mood swings, by my state, by my energy. She has great faith in me. And when I lose faith in myself, that is hard for her. That impacts her whether she's aware of it or not. So I owed her an apology. I owe you all an apology because I think I have complained about that at different times on the podcast. So never again. The believable plan is to be impeccable with my word. The Don Miguel Ruiz agreement number two, never use words against myself again. And also to refine the game. So rather than aligning myself with a geologist, understand that it's not, there's no equity, it's not fair. There are four aspects to winning the world-class game. And it can be summarized by alignment that there are four components that must be aligned together, all pointing in the same direction. To win the game, you actually have to pick a path. You have to aim at one thing. You have to organize all your energy and be wholehearted toward one end and bring four individual components together, aligned. Uh, The first component to bring is intention. So that to me speaks of the heart. That's, that speaks of a decision to aim at something. That, that speaks about the honesty of desiring something. That, that speaks around telling the truth about the fact that it is what I want. It is something that I hope for. It, it is important to me. So I intend to give my life to this end. I intend to improve my skills and my experience and my effectiveness in this area. I intend to have a very rich experience here. Be clear about what I want. Second is to involve my imagination and my visualization, which is to in- include my mind. Stephen Covey says everything is created twice. There is a first creation in the unseen world, either by design or by default. And then the second creation is merely the manifestation of what has already been designed. And so aligning my mind is to pay attention to the results that I desire, to stay focused on the end game, to see it as a present reality, to to envisage, to behold, to grasp, to to see and be grateful for the full experience of the fulfillment of my dreams, to see it as my reality and to keep my vision there. And, And if I can see it, then I can have it. If I can believe it, then I can experience it. The third aspect to align is my motivation, which is around will. Now, that is upgrading from discipline to permission. So rather than fighting against myself to get there, which is a misalignment from the start, is to satisfy the conditions required to have permission to go after that. So is this is this end goal, is this aim of mine, is it something that I have built the operating system to sustain? Is this Is this goal safe? And do I have permission for myself to go after it? Because it will take will to achieve this. It will take all my might and, and all my focus and all my energy. So to have permission to be wholehearted around that is a central part to, to bring into alignment. And finally, action. So intention, imagination, motivation and action, which is to bring my body into alignment. Again, I love William White Cloud's take on the fact that there is nothing to do but action to take that statement 
took me a while to grasp, but is just so rich and full of life to me because it, it breaks through the assumption that I have to earn my way to where I'm going. If I've already aligned my intention, my imagination, my motivation, then then I just need to take the obvious action. If I trust myself, if I've eradicated neediness, if I understand the game and I have embodied the person who can win the game, if I have full permission, well then step into that path, do the thing, uh, embrace uncertainty and back myself. So that was a very beautiful conversation with myself. And as soon as I made those adjustments and agreed to that path, then the pain went. And I I love that about signals. I love the real-time nature of understanding whether you've got it or not because the only reason I had back pain was not because my unconscious was trying to annoy me or thwart me just to get me to listen to something that was very important. Um, I shared that framework again with Kat the other day. And I mean, of all the people who have the ability to be vaccinated by my content, it's her because she's the closest one to me. So it's easy for her to, um, without even... Uh, without any um, blame on her part or or casting any without being critical of her at all just the nature of proximity means very easy for her to be vaccinated and to just treat the things that um, are transformational for others as as though they are common Um, but I shared these four ideas with her and she'd also had uh, the signal on and was unable to work out what it was. But these four ideas really refined her search and gave her a starting point into the what for question. And she sent me a text message the day after, even though we could have spoken. It was just, uh, it was lovely to receive a, a written, um, some written thoughts from her about this. And she just said, hmm, that actually was a very powerful framework, one of your best, I think. And It is very useful and has given me great confidence for future times where I am in pain. Um, Her experience is one of frustration. She watches me solve pain issues quite quickly and in her experience it takes a lot longer and so this framework had greatly sped up the process. So uh, that feedback was very meaningful for me because um, if it can work for me and work for her, then I, I think it can work for everyone. I think it's solid and and trustworthy. So make of that what you will for your endeavors to show up and play the game properly. Uh, The intention of this whole episode was around alignment, around the, the game rewards alignment, the game rewards focus, the game rewards wholeheartedness, the game rewards bringing everything to bear in a single point. Now that's a high risk strategy because if you put all your eggs in one basket, what if it's the wrong basket? And that's the fun of the game. You won't know until you've picked a path. But if you don't pick a path, then you completely rule out success as well. So have fun with that idea and enjoy the process of negotiating with yourself and listening to yourself around which is the thing you will align yourself towards. Uh, now, if, like me, you have a, uh, 
interest in transformational coaching being useful to others, facilitating deep and lasting change. I'm running my 18 Models Coach Training event again this year in June in my hometown in Goulburn. So if that's something that's intriguing to you or interesting to you, if you want to know my toolkit, if you want to be upgraded and upskilled by the, the models that I use when I get the privilege of being invited into someone's world to facilitate change, you know, it's always a privilege to uh, train and upskill people with these ideas. So, uh, yeah, let me know. There'll be information on my website, on the socials, uh, but reach out if you'd like more information around that 18 Models event. Uh, otherwise, I'll talk to you again soon.